back to who the hell is this for this is our 2019 year in review episode uh, in which we are going to talk about some of the best worst and just kind of what we thought about 2019 movies as a whole how are you guys doing today excellent doing good 2019 a pretty good year for movies there's yeah a lot of really hard picks for these categories for sure I don't, I don't get these takes that have been coming out that 2019 was one of the worst years for movies recently because it's just, like, objectively false. I haven't seen that take at all, so I'm glad yeah. that I haven't. I feel like those are the people who are just hating on all the stuff that was really good this year. You know what I mean? Like, it seems... Yeah. This seems like a, a return to form. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Where there's been a couple of years in the past where just, like... I don't know, especially the stuff that's like probably going to go to the Oscars is like all actually pretty good this year. You know what I mean? I think that makes yeah. a big difference. Well, I mean, some of the the stuff that we'll talk about in our top top three, uh, and I don't want to like super dive into it now since I'm sure we're going to have a lot of discussion, but some of these movies are the best movies we've seen in a long time, like let alone their respective year. We saw some really, really cool things as far as making movies went this year. Absolutely. A lot of um, really prestigious, both actors and directors, did really like mm-hmm. prestigious things this year, too. So, like, any year where you get a Scorsese, a Tarantino, uh, a Bong Joon Ho, now I think is in that conversation. You know what I mean? Now yeah, absolutely. Um, and a bunch of others that just, like, we got a Gerwig. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of stuff that happened this we year. We got a Gerwig, people. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Be on <laughs> alert. <laughs> Gerwig sounds like a, like a brand new Pokemon that people aren't sure if they like or not. Like, <laughs> we'll see how it evolves. <laughs> also, uh, you all this Greta Gerwig talk just cemented the movie that I'm recommending to you at the end of the pod. Okay, perfect. Um, so before we get into things, I will break down what all of our categories are going to look like. Uh, first, we will have. Do we want to? build up to top three or uh, come out the gate with top three. Oh, you the can way start have... with top three. You got to start with something yeah. else. Okay. We will do. Okay, here we go. We'll just go in reverse order of um, the way it's on my list. So we're starting with, and well, we'll end with top three most anticipated 2020. Okay. After so we're we starting do all with these new year's resolutions. Oh no. Okay. So all of that stuff <laughs> is Bot- after ignore the bottom three. Yes. Okay. So okay. So favorite score. the order, favorite score of the year, favorite performance, your most who the hell is this for experience of the year, uh, your best movie slash theater experience of the year, your bottom three movies, your top three scenes of the year, and your top three movies of the year, and then we'll talk about kind of moving into next year. Sounds like a plan. Um, you are starting with what I thought was probably the hardest category. Um, mm-hmm. Not actually because I didn't have like any strong opinions, but because I had too many, which I think for score is unique for me. I don't know that I noticed score as much as um, sometimes you guys do, but I've been trying to be better about it. And I mm-hmm. have like 
six that I was choosing from. So um, I'll try to pare it down. There were there were some really strong ones, but there was one that I felt like stood out. And we'll talk about that. Okay. So Should, I guess, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, our favorite score of the year. I'm also pulling up some of the listener responses we got. Oh, good deal. Um, I'll start because mine was pretty much zero hesitation. I feel like any time one of these movies comes out, I have to pick it, and it's Star Wars. Um, ah, just, man, I didn't even think about that angle. Um, I mean, John Williams speaks for himself. Uh, also, shout out to my uncle, who's also named John Williams. So <laughs> Solid. But yeah, I mean, it's, it was just good Star Wars music, and yeah, I can't ever get enough of it. So, Someone told me he has... I think it's in the 50s, but it's definitely over 40 nominations for Oscars across his entire career. Isn't that wild? That is absolutely insane. He's written. That means, you know what I mean? That that means that if he has not been nominated for every movie he's done, that he's scored over 40 movies. You know what I mean? Like Even that by itself is is wild. I don't know how someone could be that creative. Like how you keep the sounds not totally similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's something with uh, John Williams. You see a lot of, um, he has a lot of themes and motifs that are present in a lot of different things, but he, and he, he weaves them in together. And so you have just a cohesive sound that sounds kind of similar to other franchises and properties. Um, but it all is kind of its own thing, but it's all also notably John Williams. Mm -hmm. So it's just wild. You know who else I noticed that with is um, like Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. like definitely has like very specific things that none of his music sounds the same, but there's definitely like pieces where you're like, oh, I can tell the same person who did Harry Potter is the same person who did Home Alone. You know what I mean? Like you can hear mm-hmm. similarities in some of the pops of that stuff. You, you know, John Williams did Harry Potter though, right? Wait a minute. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, well I just made an ass of myself because that was the whole crux of my argument but that's okay it's okay I'll also make an ass of myself in regards to Danny Elfman I didn't know in this until this year that he was like the front man for Oingo Boingo oh yeah I didn't know that yep and I listened Weird Science made its way onto my top 100 songs of 2019 yeah you guys are totally right John Williams to do Harry Potter oh fuck Oh, fuck. Okay. I think that's a uh, a good time to move on to the next one. Jeff, are you <laughs> have you pared yours down? I think so. Um, I'm going to say this. If I'm allowed to cheat, it's Watchmen. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah. But I'm going to try to... We're not allowed with, to cheat. Otherwise, I'd put Watchmen so everywhere. I think I'm, I'm going to go with Us. Um, I thought Ooh. that was a really good score. Um, I love the weaving in of I Got Five on it. Um, mm-hmm. but, and they were able to use like that theme a couple of times, but that movie for me, um, it's kind of weird because it's, it came out so long ago. It came out in like April or May. So it seems like years and years ago that us came out, but, um, I think that was one of my favorite scores. Uh, my other honorable mention, I'm just gonna keep it to one is probably parasite. Um, that was another really, really good score. I think that's a good segue. I gave it to parasite. Uh, because I think that it's just such a perfect score. It's so well done. And it 
it added tension and it just really built on the whole environment that the movie presented to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. For, um, for our audience, we had two listeners, uh, respond to us. Uh, Joe Aragon, uh, J underscore Aragon 23 of the unlucky ones. And, uh, Brendan from debates on tap, who is at Brendan DPT, uh, both of those podcasts are fantastic, by the way, if you guys are listening. Uh, if you like us, you would like them. Um, unlucky ones, I know they've been on a break for a while, but I do think they're coming back eventually because, I mean, hey, we did it. Um, <laughs> but Joe said, uh, and I'm going to absolutely butcher this, and uh, I'll kind of mention it a little later because I hated the movie, but it was a solid score. But uh, Hilder... Guona daughter's score for Joker. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, be right. <laughs> that's absolutely it. Um, but the Joker score was had some real high points, but at the same time, it didn't totally work. Had a me. very low low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's. I don't know if I can call that score or uh, or just licensed soundtrack, but right. either way, it's still just it got worked into the score, and that oof, big yeah. oof. Yeah. Um, the only other mentions I had were both Little Women and Marriage Story. Randy Newman Ooh. actually composed a, a score for Marriage Story. And it's not like Randy Newman songs. It's like actually composed. Show people good. You got no, into a fight. Then you punched the really wall. I think the hardest thing is that with scores, I, I over... Uh, emphasize like a good horror score or a good thriller yes. score like really do the tension where some other movies like don't it, it helps but it doesn't necessarily it, you don't need it as much for some of the emotions mm-hmm. um, but both Little Women and Marriage Story were really good in that regard they're, they're more emotional movies that were still really good so that uh that kind of makes me think there are a few things that I just didn't get around to this year uh, a couple of those being Little Women Cats Uncut Gems um, so a lot of movies that are going to have a lot of discussion that I just didn't get to. Uh, yeah, same. And I will be touching on that later. <laughs> it uh, mostly uh, mostly happened because I just kept rewatching 80s horror and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I've now watched seven times. Hey, you got to stay, tr- stay true to the brand. Exactly. I am nothing if not consistent. Uh, and then, so we also have our response from Brendan, who... <laughs> had a uh, tie between us and rocket man. See rocket man's another one of those that I didn't see. Um, yeah, I would I assume that Catherine it's good saw it. since it's Elton John. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's hard to not think that's going to be fantastic. I think that's a, that's a thing we should probably say now there's categories here where I realized that it could change depending on some of the stuff that I didn't see. It's like, mm-hmm. I have not seen Uncut Gems yet. Have you guys seen that? No, and we actually touched on that real quick while you were okay. off mic, that there are some things that we haven't seen, but uh, just we're going to try and acknowledge that there is that possibility. All right, so I believe it is time to move on to our favorite performance. We'll, we'll, just, we'll keep this order going. We'll go Riley, Jeff, Tyler. So Riley, what was your favorite performance of the year? Uh, mine is going to be Christian Bale in Ford versus Ferrari. Ooh. Okay. Um, I thought he knocked it out of the park. He's kind of like this. 
his character has a really good arc through the movie of this like loose cannon race car driver um, who really only cares about himself and transitions into it's more about the team versus me and I, he just did awesome. Is that one you saw with your dad? No, uh, Caitlin and I went to that one. Oh, because I was going to say it just seems like the ultimate dad movie. Oh, it is for sure. <laughs> I think it's it's I've been seeing some stuff that it's actually gotten a little bit of disrespect because people keep kind of viewing it as a dad movie. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are people who are just like, oh, I'm sure I'll like be able to watch that on video. And I actually really wish I would have been able to see it in theaters because it seemed like mm-hmm. a movie that would have just like, you know, with the shots and the oh, the, the sound is amazing. Yeah. Sound, you know what I mean? I feel like it'll be hard to recreate that at home. Yeah. That's one of the, that's like, that's why I'm trying to catch a 1917 while it's still in theaters. Agreed. Because yeah. that will not translate to a home viewing. It'll still be good. Well, unless sure, you have but... like an actual like good setup. But yeah, as three of us live in apartments. <laughs> I don't know, man. Your uh, your college apartment had a pretty solid setup. Yeah, but that's because, we you know, when you know you're not going to disrupt the people below you and above you, you can go all out. <laughs> And you can just listen to the Predator score at max volume. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what was your favorite performance this year? Um, okay, so my pick is going to be Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Um, okay. I know, I know a lot of people have seen like the clip of them fighting, which some people have said is is overacting, but actually, like within the like pace of the film it actually works to like work up to that and do that um but it's even like the quiet moments where you're like okay adam driver's probably like the actor of this generation if you consider if you if you split joaquin phoenix and adam driver into different generations then i think they're the which i would i think yeah okay so then i would say adam driver is probably probably the best of his generation in my opinion yeah adam driver fucking rules like, that's really all there is to say about it. Um, all right, so are we we ready for mine? Or did you have so. some honorable mentions? I was going to drop in one, one honorable mention Let's hear for uh, Saoirse Ronan and Little Women. Um, okay. It's like a dynamite performance. and it's Not seemed, Bob Odenkirk? Huh? Not Bob Odenkirk? He was fine. He was honestly really distracting. I, I heard it was remarkably jarring. It wasn't his fault. It's just that I just don't know that that's like a role for him. He's also, just Laura Bob Dern, Odenkirk. Laura Dern wouldn't marry Bob Odenkirk. I think that's another like unbelievable thing as well. Wait, Laura Dern's in Little Women? Yeah, she's the mom. Oh, shit. Yeah, I gotta see this movie. It's good, man. It's really good. All right, what was your favorite performance, Ty? All right, so I'm gonna get my honorable mentions out of the way now. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson... It's yep, same hard not to yeah, hard not to have them in the conversation. Uh, Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because there is so much that is done that I think that performance is getting overlooked because it's so natural and it just seems like a guy. But you have to sit and think and realize that this is not a guy. This is Leo doing a performance like this is Leo pretending to be this guy who he's given all. It's, there's so much a depth to Uh, Rick Dalton's character, uh, like with the stutter that comes and goes throughout the movie. There's just, there's so much there. I'll also say for an actor to play a normal guy, you know what I mean? mm -hmm. Like that's acting for them. Like they aren't. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you're not pulling for regular Joe. (laughs) You're an actor that is touted as, you know, 
an elite talent in your field and you're playing a guy who is very much not that. And he's just like a kind of just cheesy cowboy actor Mm -hmm. um, who was good once and really isn't there. And then when he turns it on, he really turns it on. But neither of those, in my opinion, were the best or most impressive performance of the year, um, even though they were all lights out. But I have to give it to Lupita Nyong'o in Us uh, as Red and Adelaide because, holy shit, the way she just was able to do both of those roles and just nail them both perfectly and is wildly unsettling as Red, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah, I think, I mean, double points for playing two different characters in the same movie. You know what I mean? And trying to keep them similar but opposites of each other. Um, I, I feel like us, it would have done better in these conversations if it would have come out in the summer or fall. Like, it's just almost too long ago for people to like really remember it unless they rewatch it. That's exactly it. what I thought. Yeah, so I feel like she's not going to get nominated, even though if she would have, if this would have come out at the same time as Parasite, I think it'd be a whole different conversation. Absolutely. For our listeners, Joe uh, gave us two performances I haven't seen yet, but I'm not surprised because I've heard they're both great. Uh, Adam Sandler is Howard Ratner and Aquafina in The Farewell. I see, and that's one I haven't seen either. Um, yeah, I heard it was great. Yeah. I did pretty good this year. I saw like over 40 movies and I still happen to miss some of the ones that are important <laughs> for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Brendan... Brendan's answer is fantastic, and I'm glad he brought it up so that we could have uh, could have um, so that we can talk about. Yeah, sorry, I, <laughs> I got a text. Talk for a second. I got a text, <laughs> and I'm on word, Skype word on mouse. my phone. <laughs> I'm on Skype on my phone, and I got a text, and so I immediately got distracted. Um, but he gave it to Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Which is uh, just yeah, yeah. a bonkers fucking performance, and I love it. Well, I feel like, so you, a couple of movies, like, you have, like, Parasite and Knives Out, which are two movies that you could give, where you could put two or three actors or actresses in each movie, this, give them this category. Yeah, yeah. It almost, almost really anybody from Parasite, you could pull out and say, like, that was a great performance, that was a great performance. Um there are so many people, and like we, none of us have even like mentioned the Irishman. You know what I mean? But there was oh, yeah. performances from from Pesci, from um, Pacino, Action Bronson. I I, Action Bronson. I don't know that I would actually give a ton of credit to De Niro. I don't. I thought he was fine. Um, he's more the thread throughout the movie than anything that's like actually really really good on its own. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that we like, a bunch of movies that were really good that we didn't even cross. Um, who's the husband in Us? Um, uh, who's in Black Clark Panther? Duke? I forget his name. No, Clark Duke. What the? Winston Duke. Winston yeah, that's Duke. right. Yeah, and that would be another one that I would say, like, from a supporting point of view, I, I really liked his performance as well. Um, so I, uh, I just thought of this because I said it. Do you guys know who Clark Duke is? I don't think so. No. He is a very different individual. Hold on. Let me just, uh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) The guy from Sex Drive? Yes. (laughs) I was going to say Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, Yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine, I think, is a better touch point for him, but yes. Um, Oh, people don't know Sex Drive? (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, we are the three people that know Sex Drive. saw that movie. (laughs) To go back to Brendan, uh, 
for Daniel Craig. I'd say also we have uh, Ana de Armas. Oh, yeah. She was really out. good. Yeah. I'm excited to see her in the new Bond movie. Um, yes. She's one of the Bond girls. I, I'm excited to see what she'll, she can do there. Absolutely. Um, all right. All right. Now we are moving on to your most who the hell is this for experience of the year. Okay. Um, this was weird because, well, I guess I could put, I didn't put any of my bottom movies here just because it didn't seem to fit the category. I put the lighthouse here because yeah. it was the movie that most made me to be like, what the fuck's going on? Cause it was so weird. I mean, it's really, really good, but it is a bizarre movie. Oh, absolutely. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that it's just that fucking weird. Yeah. Yes, it is very weird. Um, mine was... Did you guys ever actually go back and see Serenity? I haven't no, yet, I but I've heard enough people talk about it. That it's It's on Amazon, and <laughs> everyone needs to watch it. It is... It is wild and at parts really well done and at other parts you're like what the fuck is going on um and they're all like right next to each other like those moons are all right next to each other it's got a couple people that are just like really going for it like <laughs> like acting class going for it um mcconaughey is really emotional in the movie and i don't think the the movie necessarily like earns those moments and so you're kind of like uh, I'm not really sure what you're doing there, Matthew, but um, based on the plot, he should be acting the way he is. It just didn't really work that way. And then um, Anne Hathaway is an insane, like, femme fatale, just crazy person. Um, so, yeah, everybody needs to watch it. I don't even know how to summarize the plot of that movie without giving it away. Um, <laughs> There's no way to summarize the plot without ruining it. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey gets hired by his ex-wife, Anne Hathaway, to kill her new husband. Um, like out on the boat and there's like a bunch of fishing metaphors it's, it's just wild everybody needs to see that one <laughs> alright now I've got uh, I've got Prodcath here with me um, because we are going to be talking about The Good Liar and this one is absolutely going to get spoiled um, because there's no way to talk about how who the hell is this for it was without um, without spoiling the plot is that the one with Ian McKellen? The Ian McKellen Heron, Helen Mirren joint. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this, this is something that we went to go see for uh, Catherine's dad's birthday. Which, in hindsight, was just a remarkable pick for a movie. Uh-oh. So, Catherine, I want, I want you to give me your thoughts on this movie before I get into what got so weird about it. I mean, I liked it, other than the last 30 minutes. Yeah. It was just a little unnecessary. It it's not a terrible movie, um, but so it's you know Ian. The story McKell wasn't unnecessary. The visual yeah. was. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. The um. <laughs> so, Ian Ian McKellen is a con man. Helen huh? Mirren also implied she might be a con woman, and she's conning him while he's conning her. You know, Ooh. interesting. It's a very much like, you know, like boomer porn it's a janet ivanovich style it's like a two-person yeah. oceans yeah okay it's just basically a, our, yeah our dog saying hello uh basically a two-person just heist movie people trying to outsmart each other and then there's a turn and you find out 
Ian McKellen was a Nazi. And, <laughs> and so not just a Nazi, you find out Helen Mirren was a young German girl. First you find out she's the young German girl. Oh, that's right. And then he was her tutor. Yeah. So you... at first you're just like, okay, and bad, old blood, yeah, whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, and he doesn't remember her. Yeah. And then this this whole thing retroactively gets turned into a rape revenge movie because oh, you no. find out Ian McKellen as a teenager in Germany. Because her older, when he arrived to tutor her, her older sisters made fun of him. So to get back at them, he raped Helen Mirren's character while giving her a lesson. And then mom oh came God. in and was like, you're done. And then the like dad of the, like the head of the house or whatever, which is like, okay, you can leave. Yeah. Cast him out. And then that was it. And then he became a Nazi, blah, blah, blah. He, so he was well, a translator. That's, that's, that's a reasonable stole... transition. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. So he, he was like, a Nazi translator and then stole a dead British soldier's identity and moved to England and started acting as though he was this British guy because they were both in the same place when one of them got killed. And so he just steals his identity. And then Helen Mirren takes him for all he's worth. And then, Oh shit, I forgot about the end. Um, so she, the young guy, okay. The young guy you see in the trailer that's, like, her concerned grandson or whatever. Um, he is actually her actual son's partner. But he did all... He's, like, a PI in his real life. So he found out all this, like, stuff about the Nazi guy. And so they all come in. And as it's well as like a as big some, little family brunch. Well, there's some Russian enforcers, too, that come in <laughs> from earlier in the movie. And they beat the shit out of Ian McKellen until he's a vegetable. And the final shot is him sitting in a wheelchair, unable to move, with his like former business partner who turned him over to Helen Mirren, uh, and uh, he's just like sitting there with like a idyllic paradise picture painted or like on the wall behind him as he's like drooling and grunting in a wheelchair. And then roll credits. Yep. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's Yikes. that's a lot to take in. Uh-huh. But, like, that was literally the last 30, 45 minutes, and up until that point, it's just this, like, cat and mouse game of who's having the upper hand, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, that was... It was, like, long. a kind of fun family movie, and then it turned right. into a yeah. rape revenge Yeah, reminder, movie. we uh, saw this with Catherine's parents. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yikes. Woof. I don't even know what to say. That's yeah. That would be a a wild experience for sure. I can't believe they made that movie. Well, so it was a book first, apparently. Oh, so uh, they had the option so, to not make it. Yeah, they they knew <laughs> they knew where this was going when they started it. But I'm curious, like in the book, does it actually? It was pretty detailed. I, I yeah. Was it? I mean, conceptually, it'd be upsetting. But like, was it also right. like visually? Like, were they? You know what I mean? Like, was it pretty rough yeah. in the movie? Okay. It was, I th- thought it was, but, um, just cause like, she's like 10 maybe. Oh, Jesus. You know, like 10, 12. Yeah. At the most. Um, and 
he's quite a bit older and just, yeah, facial expressions the whole time. And it was... That's, and then, that is graphic. Yeah. And, like, you thought you'd be done with it because they would flash back to the present when mm-hmm. she's revealing who she actually is to him. And you're like, okay, they're not going to show it. But then it would flash back. And it was just back and forth of, like, present them talking and then the rape scene. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really upsetting. Yeah, it was. It was like, um. I cannot okay. imagine seeing a movie with a rape scene with my family. I yeah. just, I don't think they'd see another movie <laughs> ever again. Like, <laughs> you're not we allowed just... to pick the movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we just didn't talk about it. We ignored that part of the movie. And it was, all right, what do you want for dinner? Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wild. Absolutely wild. Okay. Let's see. What would our next category be? Um, I think we've got our best movie slash theater experience of the year. So, Riley, you want to start this one off? Yeah. Yeah. So, this experience um, I am responsible for. It is the our Star Wars <laughs> viewing. Um, I had purchased the tickets as soon as they went on sale um, for our group. Um, and then that night we show up to the theater with our tickets and we realize we are in the wrong theater and the theater we want to go to is across town. Um, so we fly across town. We're blasting Star Wars music. Um, adrenaline's pumping we make it just in time for the start of the movie um and then i'm a big rise of skywalker fan so watching the movie was good too so (laughs) i'd say getting to the theater experience was the best for me (laughs) i'm just imagining you guys like pretending like you're in the millennium falcon the whole time oh yeah there were were probably four (laughs) or five punch it lines (laughs) (laughs) oh man um, I think my best movie slash theater experience of the year, I, this is another one that I had a really hard time with, but I think I'm going to go with Crawl, um, was my favorite. So that's the alligator movie that we did an episode on. Um, and it was one of my favorites because I think it's the kind of movie that obviously works a lot better, uh, in the theater. Um, it's a creature feature. So you want, you know, it on a big screen and stuff like that. But I think what made it the most interesting was, um, so I like was going to try to see it, <clears throat> with uh, Sarah a couple of times and it just didn't really work out. So I went and saw it solo. So mm-hmm. I like drove to a theater that was showing it on like a Thursday night and um, saw it solo. And there was like almost nobody in the theater. It was like me and maybe 10 other people. Um, <laughs> there was this like guy behind me that was also by himself. Um, just being just like yelling every time something happened. Like when an alligator bit somebody, he's like, Oh shit, fucking gator. Like, <laughs> And there was a couple of oh lords in there, um, and uh, so it was just a, it was a great experience. I haven't seen a movie solo in probably a couple of years, um, and I used to do it all the time in college. Um, so it was kind of a fun thing to go back to. Ty, I think we are up to you and Catherine's best movie theater experience of the year. Yes, um, yeah. So peek behind the curtain. I did have to run out because uh, the dog was being fucking chaotic and still is uh but so you might pick up a little bit of that in the background anyway 
I think it's hard to say anything other than The Lion King for our best theater experience. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because that is the movie I proposed at. But some honorable mentions. Uh, Endgame. It's hard not to just... Endgame may have lost something since seeing it just because it's not as strong of a movie. Um, but I would agree with that. As an experience, it's awesome. It's and long. <laughs> yeah. The first time was untouchable. Yeah. Um, and then another honorable mention to, I think, the third time I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> it was just at 10 a.m. at Blue Springs 8. I was just alone and just having a Bloody Mary, and it was fantastic. I had a Bloody Mary and popcorn, and I just really, really just lounged in it, just in this movie. Gotcha. Um, for, uh, for our listeners... Um, we also didn't mention that uh, for our most Who the Hell is This For experience for both Joe and Brendan, uh, it was Rise of Skywalker. Hmm. And it's, I mean, that's not a, too much of a surprise. <laughs> Brendan said 100% Endgame for his best theater experience because the whole final battle was one emotional payoff after another. And Joe, Joe said uh, Hustlers because it was just super fun. Waves because he sobbed and Parasite because it's Parasite. Gotcha. Waves is another one I really want to see. I heard that's a really, it's really emotional. It's basically like if you took a fake ocean soundtrack and then just made a movie like afterwards. Oh God. <laughs> um, and so and it's got a ton of Frank Ocean like in the soundtrack. Um, oh, I so, didn't realize that. Yeah, I really want. It, it don't. It's not new stuff. I don't think it's stuff you haven't heard before. No. But it's um, pretty Frank Ocean heavy. All right. So I think it is time now for our bottom three of the year. We're going to lose some friends on this, I think. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Um, Riley, I think you're going to start us off. Okay. Um, I'll start it off with Pet Cemetery. Oh. Extremely disappointing. Um, Number two, Dark Phoenix. Uh, yeah. I'm glad this group of X-Men is over <laughs> and we'll get a reboot eventually. Uh, I still yeah. say Ty Sheridan could have been a good Cyclops. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, you don't like Cyclops though, right? I, lo- I love Cyclops. Yeah, no, he's the one person that loves Cyclops. I am the only Cyclops fan oh. in existence. I'd turn that around. I thought it was... Okay. Yes, I'm the one defending Cyclops. Gotcha. Okay, and then I left off the movie I think you guys are putting on there, but I put uh, Murder Mystery. <laughs> okay. With uh, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Uh, okay. Not that I don't like it, I just didn't see that many bad movies. It was just one of my lowest scored ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Letterbox actually really helped me this year. Right. Like, actually put stuff in perspective. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see my spread of things for... Uh, first scores and how they're all going to be right around that three and a half range i think that's a lot of people turns into seven like three to three and a half is i watched the whole movie (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) yeah um and it was fine you know what i mean so it sometimes seems like rude giving a movie that was fine like two stars you know what i mean like everything deserves at least two and a half or three which is probably not the right way to do it but um so I, um, I did put Joker on my bottom three, 
I think I have since softened a little bit on some of the Joker things. I've seen seen some scenes over, seen some clips over. I don't think it works for me as a movie overall, but there are really good elements. I still think it's got good cinematography. I still think Joaquin's really good, but it is in my bottom three. I, like Riley, don't know that I actually saw that many movies this year that I didn't like. I only had four movies that were two stars or less, um, so I didn't have a ton to pick from. Um, my other ones were... Uh, Serenity, even though it's wild and was really fun to talk about, it's still just a batshit movie that's not all that good. Yeah, being um, crazy doesn't necessarily make it a good movie. Right. It's still a movie everybody should see, but it's not good. Um, and then my last one I saw really recently, and I was really disappointed in because I liked this first one so much, but I didn't love um, the second Jumanji, um, Jumanji Level Up. Um, they're the first 30 minutes, I think I said this on the last podcast but the first 30 minutes are everything that was great about the first one and then i thought it just kind of it kind of got in a rut and made the same jokes like over and over and over um and so it just didn't really work and there were a couple of moments where you're like what the fuck is going on like you feel like they got to the end of the movie when they're storyboarding it and being like i don't know what if this dumb shit happens and they're like sure put it in like <laughs> um so that's a bummer because Catherine and i we ended up really loving the first one the first one I think is really good, like genuinely really, really good. Um, and it's not, the, I don't know. The second one is, is fine, but I felt myself getting pretty bored about halfway through all the way to the end. Riley, I think you liked it a lot. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I can agree that some of the points at the end of that one are very like, uh, that's an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Main, mainly the, the Danny Glover character arc. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, well, now I just feel like we need to see it just so I can be clued into the conversation. Um, but other than that, I really liked it. Um, I would say it's it's it'd be a perfect like rental. Yeah, you know what I okay. mean. Like it's I, I wouldn't you don't need to see it in theaters, that's how but it's the a good one. Yeah, like a yeah. Sunday afternoon, you got nothing going on, just yeah. pop it on. Yeah. All right, my bottom three. I'm gonna go three to one here. Number three is Pet Cemetery, because I was hugely anticipating that one, and it was such a letdown. Such an absolute letdown. Um, number two, Joker, obviously, because it's just... Joker stinks, big time. <laughs> and number one is a movie that hasn't gotten mentioned yet today, uh, but that's going to be Hellboy. I was saying I didn't see Hellboy. Oh, I man. Bad. Hellboy stunk. And I, w- I wanted it to be good. Like, I really, really wanted it to be good because David Harbour was great in the role and he was clearly having a lot of fun with it. And then everything around him, they just, like, they torpedoed the entire rest of that movie. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, yeah. And, like, I, I rented it thinking, like, you know, maybe I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe this will be one of those that I like that everyone else hates and I defend it till the end of time. This was not the case. Catherine, what were your bottom three movies of the year? Did you already say three? What? Did you already say all three? Yes, I oh. did. <laughs> um, the Goldfinch. Um, it was a book to movie. The book was very long, but overall was good. But it was one of those books where, like, there's some stuff you're like, why are we going through this right now? Flip, flip, mm-hmm. flip. And then the movie kept that in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was the most true book to movie I've ever seen. So I will give it that. But 
it also hindered it because there's a lot of fluff that did not need to be in there. It's funny you say that because I've heard it referred to as the book being just unfilmable and there would be no way that they would ever have made a movie out of it. And they did anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly what the book is. Yeah. See, um, I, I tried to... One, and then, uh, isn't it romantic? Um, it really wasn't that bad. It was just everything it was making fun of, it did. And it turned out to be. So, I don't know. Is that the one with Rebel Wilson? Yeah. Well, there's your first hint. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rebel Wilson. I hope they. I hope somebody gives her a role sometime. Let's do something different. Like I yeah, feel like there's she... there's more there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, I feel like she's gotten stuck in a uh, Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's yeah. super similar. Well, and and they just did. Um, Can you ever forgive me? You know, with mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy, and she showed she's got tons of range. And I really feel like if you can be good in comedy, you can do other things really well. So I'd love to see her get a chance to, to do something like Steve Carell's done serious stuff and been awesome. Will Ferrell's done serious stuff. Obviously Adam Sandler just did Uncut Gems and people love that. You know what I mean? We've seen him be serious before. So I think she's got more. I'd love for her to get a chance to do, and maybe she doesn't want to, and that's totally up to her, but I'd, I'd love to get that bag. I'd love for her to get a chance to do it. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely there for uh, Joe. His bottom was uh, last Christmas at Astra which is surprising. Really? Wow. That was good. Yeah. And Rise of Skywalker. All right. Oh, Rise of the Skywalker in all caps. Oh, that must be a different Joe movie. Cole, I didn't like, see that one. Facebook commenter on us. And then Brendan, who uh, he, he did like stream of consciousness writing his. He said, do I really need to put Star Wars here or then Joker? <laughs> And then, holy shit, Hellboy came out in 2019. So his three are Joker, Hellboy, and Rise of Skywalker. Disavow. Rise of Skywalker was fun. It wasn't that bad. It's pretty bad, but it wasn't that bad. It was on par with Phantom Menace, and that's all I need. Give us, <laughs> speaking of, give us the six-hour cut of Phantom Menace. Yes, please. Directly into my veins. Time for our top three scenes of the year. Okay. So, Riley, I'm going to have you go ahead. Um, I don't know if these are... Actually, yeah, these are in order. Um, I'll do three for one. Three, whatever, three, two, one, like you did. Uh, number three, I'm going to have the family coming back home in Parasite. And the mad Ooh. dash to get everything ready and appear that everything's under control. Um, number two... Um, I'm just going with the Avengers Assemble and Endgame. Like Cap raising up and standing up against the army and then everybody coming through the portals. And then number one for me is the uh, Willem Dafoe Hark monologue. Oh, I forgot about that one. So good. That's a good one. Um, All good picks, Riley. Um, I also had... Uh, the scene from Parasite where they come home and she's making ramen while they're mm-hmm. throwing them in the basement. I thought the idea of her having to do like a chore, you know what I mean? To like present like nothing's wrong at the same time that they're trying to put away the family. Um, spoilers probably, by the way, we should drop in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you haven't seen Parasite yet. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Um, I had the Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss doppelganger scene in yeah. us. 
um, which is just hilarious. Just and it's it's really like good and visceral, and but it's also like hilarious. Um, and then I'm really stuck on the last ones, so I'm gonna just say I'm not gonna put it in, but I agree with your Avengers scene, uh, with like a caveat of also including the Thor's hammer thing with Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my final one is actually gonna be the May Queen dance for Midsommar. Um, yeah. Not, I mean, I guess it's coupled with the crazy stuff that's also happening in the barn, but mostly just the May Queen dance part. It's it's incredibly, like, by that part of the movie, you're almost, like, delirious yourself um, with everything that's been going on. Uh, hold on, because that's still one I want to see, so yeah, okay. careful. Okay, so I won't say any more. Um, only honorable mention is Marriage Story with the fight, and then also Adam Driver accidentally cuts himself, um, and it is fucking hilarious. It's so funny in context to what's going on. Um, <laughs> I know, Tyler, you're not going to see Marriage Story. Riley, I actually still think you would like I'll see it. it eventually. I'm sure I will. It's just like, I don't I don't watch movies to be sad, man. <coughs> I think you'll get through it. I think you'll be it's okay. It's called escapism for a reason. <laughs> it's too good to ignore. It's too good to ignore. Um, it's just like, okay, yeah, our world's on fire, and I want to watch Adam Driver be sad. <laughs> I just want to watch someone cook, man. I just want to watch someone like <laughs> yeah. really give it their all. That's fair. Oh, I thought you were saying literally you just want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch <laughs> That's that is escapism for me. We do watch a lot of cooking yes. shows. Oh man. Okay, so my top three scenes of the year. I had three different ones fighting for the number three spot, and the stuff you guys said kind of helped me bump a couple out because uh, the portal scene from Endgame was in consideration. Hark was solidly in my number two spot, but I'm going to talk about some other things here now because Riley also mentioned the Hark monologue. So number three for me is the Spawn Ranch scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that that little segment shows us what Tarantino could do if he finally made a horror movie. That's such a fucking masterclass intention. It's so well done, and it's just... It's awesome. Sorry, the dog is doing her thing again. Uh, the second, uh, or the second scene I want to talk about is the first big fight in John Wick Three, um, that culminates in the knives and the axes, um, because you have. So there's a lot of references to like Shaw Brothers martial arts films in there, uh, like when the dudes all bust in with the axes. Like I giggled in the theater because that's just it's such a perfect homage to those movies that uh, John Wick has pulled so much inspiration from uh, with its style of martial arts and uh, the way it does action. And then, so since Riley is going to see Midsummer, it it's kind of hard for me to talk about that, but my top scene is when, after the plowing, when Christian busts out of the barn and sees everything that's happening around the camp and finds the end product of things that had been done. <laughs> Riley, you got to watch it soon. So we okay. Can all talk about all right. It. It's in the library. I'll, I'll have it watched by next pod. There we go. All right. Did, so what are the final our, piece? Uh, no, we are, we're doing the, um, listener, the scenes from, um, oh, sure. Sorry, the dog has really thrown me off today. Our listener responses. Uh, Joe 
said the uh, Usher scene in Hustlers, which was fantastic. When uh, Usher comes in and it's all slow-mo and they're just like throwing cash to uh, love in this club. It's fucking awesome if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen Hustlers yet, but I, I really Hustlers is great. I liked Hustlers. Uh, Joe said, Parasite, all of it? Maybe the end? <laughs> <laughs> he just, just threw it all. It's all one long scene. Um, and then, I so I haven't seen it. I know you guys haven't seen it. So I'm not going to look into what this means. But he says, Uncut Gems, the parlay bet, which is the end. And that's all I know. Okay. So... I gotta see Uncut Gems. And then Brendan gave us the first home invasion scene in Us uh, when we first get introduced to the family, which is awesome. Cap wielding the hammer in Endgame. Solid. And the hound fight scene in John Wick 3, the Halle Berry fight scene. Which all all solid scenes. I gotta make a confession. I did, did not, you not watch John Wick 3? I didn't finish it. Oh, I've seen half huh. of it, and I'll be really honest. I got bored. That, that's fair. If like you're either in or you're out on what John Wick is bringing to the table. Well, I, like I love the world building. I love the scenes in John Wick, and I to be totally honest, I thought it was the wrong choice to put Halle Berry in it. Like I, mm-hmm. I thought they should have gone with somebody else. I'm not interested in what Halle Berry brings to the table anymore. Like, I don't know if I've ever... What's the best movie Halle Berry has ever been in? Catwoman. Uh, Catwoman, yes. What's the serious best movie that Halle Berry has <laughs> ever been in? Uh, Swordfish. Uh, yeah. She won an Oscar Even... for something, didn't she? <laughs> Catwoman. I don't know. I didn't see whatever it was. <laughs> Monster's Ball? Was she in Monster's Ball? Monster's Ball? Um, not Monster, but Monster's Ball, maybe. What is Halle Berry? Oscar? Yeah. 2002 for Monsters Ball. Well, there you go. Monster Squad, yes. <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. Oh man, I don't know. I think she's she's fine, but I would have picked somebody else for that. Anyways, all right, let's let's do it. Our top three of the year. Okay, it is time. Number three. <laughs> Number three, Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Um, I'm a race racing guy, so obviously that's got to get in there. Um, mm-hmm. Riley, when are they going to make a MotoGP movie? I don't know. I was thinking about that after I watched this movie, and I was trying to pick, <laughs> figure out like what era. And I think, well, I'm not going to get into it because you guys won't know the hell I'm talking about. But there was a writer, <laughs> one of the best guys of like the 70s or 80s. Um basically snapped his leg in half, almost got it oh. amputated oh. and still won the championship. Ooh. So that, I mean, there's Holy probably, a, there's probably a story in there somewhere. Um, but anyway, that's gnarly, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, number two knives out. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, we get... haven't talked much about knives out today, but it was solid. Oh yeah. I loved it. Um, and then number one's parasite. And a caveat for this category, there are a lot of the, I don't know what you'd call them, the heavy hitters of award mm-hmm. season that I haven't seen. So I'm sorry if I left yeah. some of your favorite movies out. Brendan, I'm sorry I left out Rise of Skywalker in my top three. <laughs> okay. Um, we had very similar ones, Riley. Um, 
I'm going to say my top three. I'm not going to say much about them, but I want to give a couple honorable mentions as well. So number three for me is Knives Out. Number two for me is Midsommar. Number one is Parasite. Um, but um, I really struggled with where to put three of them. So Ready or Not, which I haven't talked about at all, but was really, really fun. Like, it was really, really fun. That's where it's like the hide-and-seek game. Um, and it's the Samara Weaving running around in like a wedding dress. Did you guys ever see that one? I So that's one that kind of plays into my New Year's resolution. Uh, but I did not see that one. And I okay. really need to. Tyler, that's in the we, library. I think we might have the, the same resolution. Oh, do we? I think we might. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that gets an honorable mention. Marriage Story, um, which I've talked about a lot. And Little Women. Um, like I struggled. All three of those were in contention for the third spot with Knives Out. So um, if you have not seen any of those, definitely give them all a watch. Yeah, I know Catherine and I really want to see Little Women here soon. You guys are going to love it. I, kn- yeah. I know, Catherine, you're going to love it. Tyler, I'm like pretty confident that you're going to love it. Yeah. Have you seen the original movie? Um, I, I think I've seen parts of it. I don't think I saw the whole thing, but I've read the book. Um, uh-huh. And so... Just for how it compares to the first movie. Yeah. So I guess there's... Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's, there's not, I don't know if there's two books. I think the, the book got released in two parts. There's like when they're young and then when they're older. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think this is spoiling, but like in the first movie, I think it's pretty linear. Like they show all of the young and then all of the old. And in the new one, they time jump quite a bit, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, nonlinear storytelling has been tough to do this year. So yeah. <laughs> that'll be interesting. All right, my top three. Uh, number three spot was hard for me to pick between The Lighthouse, Midsummer, and Knives Out. I think, and it's probably recency bias, I'm probably going to have to go with The Lighthouse in my number, in my number three spot. Uh, Parasite at number... Parasite at number two. I'm going to be doing a lot of cutting to try and get these dog barks out of here. <laughs> And then uh, at number one, it is not a surprise to anybody. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm shocked. <laughs> it's, yeah, I've, I've seen that movie seven times now. I saw it four times in theaters. I got it for Christmas and have watched it three times. It's, it's just, it's untouchable for me. It's Tarantino's best picture. It's him at his absolute best. Um, side note, I haven't listened yet, but he was on uh, The Rewatchables. And apparently just Bill Simmons annoyed the hell out of him, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. Oh, man. Including Bill Simmons saying he should write a role for Rosario Dawson, who, if you're not familiar, was in Death Proof. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't pick that up. Oh, my yep. gosh. <laughs> I think Bill right. Simmons is my favorite dumbass in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I know you don't like him, Ty. And I know it's, he's it's like It's not that I don't stupid. like him. It's just he he's just a dumbass. Yeah, he's like I, I feel like he's like an uncle. You know what I mean? Like he's just like an mm-hmm. uncle. You're just like, oh yeah, he's kind of a dumbass, but he means well, and it's like fun to shoot the shit with him. You know what I mean? Like that's basically where I'm at. He's got yeah, bad absolutely. opinions, and that's okay. <laughs> he means well. He's got great basketball opinions, and he's got terrible pop culture opinions. <laughs> All right. All solid picks. I gotta be honest. I I saw the lighthouse 
and left it and was like, oh, that was really weird. And then liked it a lot more as we we're talking about it. And then like completely forgot about it. Like I haven't, I don't know that I've thought about it after that month. I like completely forgot any categories like concerning the lighthouse. So the heart is great and the performances are great, but I wonder if that's a movie for me that's just going to like fade out completely, which is wild because it actually is good. It just, it didn't stick with me as much. All right. I think we are ready to get into some of our next well, do categories. We have, well, we've got a uh, Catherine's oh, top three. Catherine so and sorry, probably Catherine. listener. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, Knives Out. Uh, that was pretty solid. I also really liked Long Shot. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that was really good, too. Yeah. And then I also liked Netflix's um, Always Be My Maybe. That was good. Yeah. There was a lot that were kind of, like, on that level for me this year, but I think that one was the top of all of those. I think that one deserves a shout-out for our honorable mentions for scenes. Uh, because of the Keanu scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good one. And then our um, our listeners' top three of the year. Brendan had us at number three, Midsummer at number two, and The Lighthouse at number one. And Joe had Waves at number three, Uncut Gems at two, and Parasite at number one. Okay. All right, so... Let's look forward, guys. So look into the next year. What are your top three most anticipated movies of 2020? Okay. Number three is The Eternals. Ooh. I'm really curious to see where Marvel is taking the universe from here. Um, I think that's going to give us a lot of insight as to where things are going. Um, number two, Top Gun Maverick. Um, it's Top Gun with better technology and filming techniques. I think it's going to be out of this world. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, are you, hold on. Are you telling me they're going to space in this Top Gun? No. Um, that's probably Fast 9. But <laughs> When Vin Diesel stomps through the moon. Yep. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> They're going to do that. That's going to be amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. No, they're definitely going to space for sure. <laughs> um, and then number one for me is going to be Dune. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see what... I I really feel like you can trust it in Villanueva's hands. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, cast. It's, a, it's such a hard story to tell that I'm really hoping they can pull it off. Yeah. I think the biggest bummer for me about that and uh I'll, I'll talk about doing here in a little bit but the fact that they don't have roger deakins doing it is a bummer but um the guy they do have doing it he did rogue one and some other things and rogue one was a stunning movie visually so yeah. i'll take that yeah jeff what are your most anticipated movies for 2020 so i'll leave off eternals and dune since riley already mentioned him um, I'm not going to spend time talking about it, but I am excited for Tenet, the new Christian yeah. film that comes out in June. But I found a couple more that I really want to know more about. Um, so the French Dispatch is going to be a new Wes Anderson film next year. Oh, really? And it's got, it's got a wild cast. Listen to this cast. Tilda Swinton, Timothy Chalamet, Obviously. Francis McDormand, Bill Murray, Benicio Del Toro, Jeffrey Wright, 
Cersei Ronan, Henry Winkler, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, Willem Dafoe, Kate Winslet. That's incredible. So the and there's like other people that have higher billing on some of these things that I don't know them, but that means like all of those movies, all of those people are in. It. I mean, that is going to be a crazy cast. So the Wes Anderson crew plus some new additions. Yeah, basically. that's basically that's wild. So it's supposed to be. I don't know. I don't really know if the plot sounds great to me, but I'm sure they'll. I'm sure it'll be good. It says it's a love letter to journalists set at an outpost of an American newspaper in post-war 20th century Paris that centers on three storylines. So it could I think get that's like going to be phenomenal. It could get like a little heady. You know what I mean? But I, it's Wes Anderson, so I think it'll still be good. Um, another one that I'm really interested in is Antlers. Have you guys seen the trailer? For Damn that it! One? Oh, is that going to be on yours? Okay. That one's on mine. I'll let you talk about it, Ty. Um, okay. But that one looks wild. And then I'm stuck between. Um, I think the Invisible Man is going to be my pick. Um, I'm pumped. That one is so good. Riley, have you seen the trailer for that? I one? have. Okay. Um, I love that concept. Um, and while I don't really love Elizabeth Moss the person, um, I think she's probably going to be great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that it's kicking off a new era of Universal monster movies. They're not going to be tied, are they? I. I think eventually they'll be tied, but I think they are doing them totally standalone. They're not intending on tying them together. Okay. Okay. But I think eventually that's going to happen. Um, isn't isn't but, it Lee Winnell that's doing the yes. Man? We did and upgrade, in right? shots in the trailer. Um, there are a couple shots in the trailer of people getting their ass kicked by the Invisible Man that look very similar to Upgrade, <laughs> which have me really excited. All right. So my most anticipated movie for next year is Dune. But, Jeff, you, you did three, right? Yeah. Okay. My most anticipated is Dune, but I'm not going to talk about that because we already kind of covered that. Um, but it's one of it's just a fantastic sci-fi story. Antlers is another one that I'm really excited for. Um, because Antlers, Guillermo del Toro is producing. Um, we've got our thick king, Jesse Plemons, involved. Um, and the short story... So when they announced that this was being turned into a movie, I went and found the short story just because I wanted to check it out and see what the deal was. Fantastic. It was creepy as hell, and I think they're really going to nail it with this movie from what I've seen from the trailer. Uh, Edgar Wright is coming to us with a horror, uh, psychological horror film called really? Last Night in Soho. I believe oh. it's starring Maisie Williams. Um. So we're going to see, but I think that's going to be absolutely incredible. Like the the early marketing stuff is all very neon. So I think it's going to be very Edgar Wright really doing a lot of fun stuff with horror. Gotcha. And then in October, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a little movie coming out called Halloween Kills. <laughs> Not sure if you guys are aware of that. It could be terrible because did we need a sequel? Probably not. Are we getting one, and am I going to see it opening night? I am. Absolutely. You're goddamn right. (laughs) You're goddamn right I am. Uh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Am I going to buy the vinyl of the soundtrack? Absolutely. So I'm just, I'm excited for this. It's hard not to be excited about this one. Um, Honorable mention, or maybe dishonorable mention, just because I still don't believe that New Mutants is ever actually coming out. So it's it's yeah. set to release on my birthday, but I don't think that's happening. I just refuse to believe New Mutants is ever going to come out. Yeah. 
So, um, Catherine. Oh, sorry. What? No, chaos I, I was gonna say I I thought the new trailer was really awesome, which makes me it believe really they're gonna good. drop it, but it'll be. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's the thing. It looks good, but I still just. I I can't at this point ever expect it to happen. It's like the Dr. Dre's detox, and then when it finally yeah. comes out like 40 years later, you're like, yeah, I don't know if this is actually what I want or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Catherine, what are your most anticipated movies for 2020? Um, you guys have said some, but uh, Doolittle. I'm curious to see how that goes. And then uh, what I will be seeing on Tyler's birthday would be Peter Rabbit 2. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and then... Hello! Su- <laughs> supposedly, supposedly there's a Legally Blonde 3 coming out. Apparently, yes. May. Yeah, so curious to see what happens to that. And then uh, two honorable mentions, The Rhythm Section, which was supposed to come out this year, or in 2019. It's apparently finally coming out. Um, and then also In the Heights uh, has been getting a lot of to do about it it was a musical and i've seen it as a musical so to see it as a movie form could be interesting gotcha yep. tyler we're ready for listener questions i will look at them uh no joe says no time to die tenant in dune and then whoever this person is brendan brendan says Wonder Woman 1984, Tenet, and Dune. I do think Wonder Woman looks really good. Something that I think DC actually does a really good job of is I think their trailers are always solid. Um, and so I thought the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer was like really good, had yeah. a good vibe to it. We'll it see if the movie good. can we'll see if the movie can fully translate it. But I actually really did like the original Wonder Woman. Um, I'm yeah, still I really looking, dug that movie. I'm still looking for an explanation of why she would have to wear that costume like in real life um but i think they've just decided <laughs> to get past it you know what i mean they're just like this yeah. is what's happening she's just gonna fight in heels it's tradition actually they're wedges i believe <laughs> so fun fact actually apparently and th- so this was a discussion uh during game of thrones um when uh early or like behind the scenes shots leaked of uh, the mountain versus viper fight and it so pedro pascal is actually well him and his double who's also doing the fighting are actually wearing like a wedge boot and apparently that's better for like spear and sword fighting interesting doesn't seem correct but wouldn't you want stability over anything oh that might give you more power and stability your calves are always ready just fully primed calves. Yeah. I'll have to check that out, I guess. I have I have personally never been in a spear fight, so I, I guess I can't say. Yeah. All right. Well, my time has come. Yeah, wants to be part of it. Oh, recommendations. Yeah, Catherine is going to uh, depart and go take care of the dog. Um, so now, recommendations and resolutions. Are are we going to do recommendations like round table and then do resolutions? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Recommendations. Tyler, I don't think you've watched this yet. Um, I'm giving you the omen from 1976. 
I have never watched that one. Yeah. That's a blind spot for me. Okay, that one. Um, Jeff, you were a lot tougher because I think you've seen all, way too many movies. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. I started just going through my letterbox and like clicking movies and seeing if Jeff had also reviewed them or gave them a reading. <laughs> um, Jeff, have you seen uh, Jet Li's Fearless? Ooh. I have not, actually. Okay, that's my recommendation to you. Okay, fair enough. Let me check that out. Um, I have the same problem of trying to find things that I thought you might not have seen. Um, so, Riley, did you ever see Low Life? No, oh. I don't think so. Okay, that's my recommendation for you. I think you should definitely see that. Um, and then, Tyler... I'm really struggling for you because I don't know what I have seen that you have not. Did you see Greta? I did not see Greta. Okay, so I think you should see Greta. I'm going to give a caveat that there are parts of it that are like, could be way better. I don't think the script is very mm-hmm. good. But like once it actually decides to like get into the creepy pieces, it's really good. Um, so I think you would like that. Also, did you see First Reformed? I did not see First Reformed. Okay, you really, you both need to really see First okay. Reformed. Uh, it's understated life. and then gets wild. Which what year did Low Life come out in? Uh, Twenty eighteen. That's, That's one I saw at Panic Fest two years ago. Low Life or um, Letterbox says twenty seventeen, but I don't think it really matters. Um, it's find it. on. It should be on. Oh, Hulu. there it is. Okay, it's one word. Yeah, it should be on Hulu. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, both good. Also, you should both see Little Women as well. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Jeff, speaking of Little Women, uh, Greta Gerwig has shown up all over the map. But there's a particular movie that she's in. Uh, I'm recommending House of the Devil to you, which House has Greta Gerwig in a supporting role. It should be on Shudder. Uh, it is a throwback 70s style possession movie oh awesome it's one that kind of fl- falls into that whole like mumble gore type genre what is like okay, they you're get... gonna have to help me out what is mumble gore i know mumble gore so, is this just horror yeah it, so there's there's a like there's a contingent of directors like uh ty west is one of them um adam wingard simon barrett uh all those guys like the guest you're next um the innkeepers um all those movies like they all kind of have they use a lot of the same cast members they show up in each other's movies um but uh house of the devil is i believe that's a ty west one Uh, but it should be on shutter yeah um but it's it's fun it's a good little 70s throwback and knowing going into it knowing greta gerwig's in it i think you'll enjoy it even more okay now riley all right. There's a movie that is near impossible to get. But if we can find it somehow. what I don't know what Flix Fling is. <laughs> if there's a free trial of this. There's also the um, Criterion Channel streaming service. I don't know how much that is. Okay. But either way, I've talked about this movie a lot. Um, but it is... It's the answer to people saying 
No, no, that's I'm gonna cut that. That's dumb. This movie is a movie I've talked about a lot, and is made by somebody who I personally have an even greater appreciation for because James Cameron annoys the hell out of me so much. Now, this is a movie made by Catherine Bigelow, James Cameron's ex-wife, starring Bill Paxton as a vampire, and it's called Near Dark. Oh, uh, that's really not streaming dark. anywhere. No, it is impossible wow. to find. So Flix Fling does have a free trial. So we uh, we might make ourselves a little Flix Fling account, mostly because I just want to watch it again. Because Near Dark is the perfect vampire movie, in my opinion. Okay. And Catherine just got back in with the dog. Do you have any recommendations of what we should watch? Um... <laughs> nothing. She's got nothing. She's very frazzled. Okay. All right. Let's do our movie New Year's resolutions. It's not prepared for today. Tyler gave me the categories as you guys were starting. I forgot to send the categories. That's my bad. Okay. But you did good. You really you had a great showing. Uh-huh. My movie right. New Year's resolution. So you said you thought we might have the same yeah. one. So I'm interested to see. Mine is to watch the more... Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, award-type movies that get all the buzz. Um, I feel like we've done year in review two years in a row, and there's so many movies that are up for the awards <laughs> that I haven't seen. So my resolution is to see a lot of those movies when they come out or first are being talked about. It's a good resolution. We do not have the same one. <laughs> Just a little hint. That was my Mine resolution. Mine is almost the exact opposite. That was my resolution for 2019. So I tried to I tried to pay attention to what was getting Oscar buzz and see it. Seems like you met that. Yep. All right, Jeff. What is your 2020 movie resolution? Um, I don't know. I've been kind of tossing around. I'm between two things. There's a lot of stuff that I hear of directors that I really like that were influenced by like earlier work, and I don't always love like older movies. But I want to watch some of those that are supposed to be very influential to, like, Scorsese and stuff like that. And people always talk about their favorite directors. And I haven't seen, like, almost any of them. Like, I think I've seen, like, one Robert Altman movie. And that's mm-hmm. probably it. Um, and that's decided as a lot of precursors. So I want to see some of that. And then I think I also am going to make a concerted effort to um, see more female director movies this year. Yeah. Um, and I promise I'm not trying to be woke or anything. I think there's just a lot of stuff that I haven't seen because I haven't intentionally sought it out. And so I've been really surprised by some stuff that I've given a shot this year um, in general. So that's, I'm going to try to do a little more of that in 2020. All right. That is, that's a solid goal. Now mine, we, uh, this came up when we were discussing ready or not. And Riley and I ended up going in the exact opposite directions because these don't typically get uh, Oscar buzz. But I didn't. I don't feel like I watched enough horror this year, and I feel like there's a lot that I missed. So my resolution is to watch more horror. Oh man, I hope you can accomplish that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> because I do think like we're coming up on the end of the year, and there are a lot of indie horror things that I probably would have had on my list or could have had on my list if I had taken the time to watch them when they came out. Um, there's a movie called Bliss, which is apparently just a super gnarly psychedelic vampire movie. There's Daniel Isn't Real, uh, starring uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, 
as an evil imaginary friend. I just barely caught In Fabric this past week, which is a movie about a killer dress. Um, but so there's just there's a ton of indie horror that's always coming through. Even some studio horror, like I didn't see Ready or Not. I didn't see It Chapter 2. I didn't see Dr. Sleep. I missed a lot of bigger things, too. So I think to stay up on current horror instead of just rewatching the old ones that I know and love. Yeah, I think it's it can be hard to not just go back and rewatch the same stuff that I love, especially when there's a lot of stuff that came out this year that I'll really want to rewatch next year. But yeah. I am trying to make a concerted effort, especially if I'm like, because I usually wake up pretty early with the dogs, and so I'm usually awake for an hour or two on the weekends before Sarah wakes up. And so I've been trying to fit in, you know, some movies I haven't seen. Um, I did see. I was. Gonna, I'll give you guys a, a recommendation off my for one wild one that I saw yesterday. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I think that is a uh, that's a as good a way as any to end our 2019 year in review. This has been 2019 with Who the Hell Is This For? Thank you guys for listening.